Hi guys, so this is Story of a Girl Part 2. <laughs> when I um, last left off, I think I was speaking about um, the incident where I was, you know, um, with my mother and my best friend at the time, um, trying to commit suicide, basically, with a knife. Um, and how... I was to told by my mother that I was silly and then my my so-called best friend left and then and then the next day like gossip was was around the school about me and people laughed and there were people who were like you know why didn't you do it and and stuff like this and making out like I was some kind of freak because I did that um you know that kind of immature rubbish basically um and so, basically, in other words, um, in other words, it was really difficult to, um, to concentrate on my schoolwork, and I felt very alone. Um, and so, because I felt alone, it was making my depression even worse and 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 remember like um being bullied both in school and at home it's just it's not as simple um as people may actually think unless you've been in that situation yourself um and people don't like to hear this i don't know why they don't like to hear this term but nevertheless it's correct and that is that you can't understand unless you've been in it now people will think like that's some sort of attack or some sort of you know problem something that really has nothing to do with them but they will still say like you know um they'll still say that it's you know wrong of me to to try and suggest that they have no idea but in reality they do I mean they don't have any idea because they haven't been in my position so they can't know and I don't think that it's wrong to say those words it's the truth and you know um, I'm not going to hide the truth that's the whole thing I'm speaking out about my truth because people need to hear it because if people hear it then hopefully they can also feel like they can you know that they're not alone and that they can stand up and you know realize that this type of behavior that happens especially in family like um it's not their fault they don't need to blame themselves because that is a real thing that happens unfortunately um and <clears throat> they don't need to feel ashamed um or scared which you know let's face it being scared is a human response so regardless um you're gonna be you, you're gonna be scared i'm not gonna lie you're gonna be scared um and i can't really predict how long that'll be for you i'm still scared i've got severe trauma complex ptsd I have a lot of issues and so 
I, I, I totally, I can see it from my own situation, but everyone's situation is different. So I don't get every individual, but I can understand from a point of view where I also have been, you know, a victim um, of that. But going forward, because let's face it, we, we only can go forward. Um, but in, in terms of that, I mean, basically, I'm going to go forward with the story. <laughs> because that's the whole point, yeah? So, going forward, um, yes. Uh, <clears throat> um, it's funny, in a way, because when I started to get into high school, when I started to get into my late teens um <clears throat> I mean early teens late teens that's when your emotions you know your hormones everything are at their you know their highest basically and so um I wasn't rebellious as such um I wouldn't call it rebellion but what I was was I found myself you know this is, this is going to sound weird to some of you, but I'm just going to explain it the best way I can. I found myself um, sticking up or standing up to certain issues with my father. Now, those types of issues, so I will give you an example. My father is, you know, I'm still going to say is because I'm sure he still is. Um, a racist, a home, <clears throat> sorry, excuse me, <clears throat> a racist, a homophobic, and, um, he has his own, you know, rubbish, you know, values and whatever. So, you know, when he would say something, you know, a racist or, or homophobic, I would stand up and I would be like, you know, that's not right and, and, and stuff like that, whereas... I didn't before because I was like a mouse, basically. And though I still was like a mouse, um, when it came to certain issues such as that, I felt determined. I want to say determined, like, um, like it was okay for me to stand up on topics like that. It was okay for me to defend other people. But when it was me, when it was me alone with him, and it was completely, you know, different. Um, it's really hard because it's like I'll stand up on topics such as this, but then, then when I'm, <clears throat> but then when I'm, like, but even when I'm alone, I will stand up on topics like that with him. But when it, when I'm alone with him, I will also be scared. Um, so it's kind of like when I do stand up on topics like that, I had this, you know, fire in my belly, but I also had this sinking feeling in my gut. You know, I was like, God, what am I doing sort of thing? And that would happen every single time. And it would be like, what am I doing? Maybe I should just shut up kind of thing, but I couldn't. And it was like, I, I wanted to shut up, but my heart couldn't let me myself shut up 
because I wanted to be protected. I wanted to feel safe so that I didn't anger him any more than he already was, you know. But at the same time, I felt like I couldn't let him get away with speaking like that about other people when he doesn't understand. And so it was, like, really hard. And, and like, at that age, it was, like, ridiculously hard. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, very difficult um, for a teenage girl going through, you know, hormones and stuff. And I'm already being, like, you know, abused in... Um, in home by him and in in part by my mother and then at school and it's like I don't know how it happened I don't know how I was able to suddenly have that voice even though I was scared um I always I always kind of look back on that and I think you know well that's that's the start of how I kind of I guess got the strength within myself but even with that came fear um fear because I knew what he was doing and what he did and what he would continue to do um but he was yeah so I would stick up for other people but when it was myself I just couldn't do it um He, he was very much a disturbing person, um, still is a disturbing person. That doesn't leave just because it's been years. I don't believe he would ever change. Um, and in my mind, that'll never be a reality. I'll never believe that, um, simply because I now understand his psychology after studying psychology but I also know what he's done and what he's capable of doing so yes um so yeah in my teens um it was so difficult you know I was still I was still shy and reserved and I always tried to keep to myself in school so that I would hopefully avoid, you know, any bullying and stuff, even though I still copped it. I still wanted to try my best to avoid it. But, you know, that that just wasn't a possibility. And it would be so difficult. I, you know, I had frenemies. I, I would be friends with, with people um, who I thought, were really close but then you know kept backstabbing me basically um not all of them i mean but there were and and it just was ridiculous and it gave me even less self-esteem um to think that my own friends at that time could could be that way behind my back um, when they already knew that I was going through such a hard time, they may not have known fully 
about the abuse, but they definitely knew that I had, you know, my mental health was not great. And they just made it worse. But, um, yeah, I tried my hardest to stay away from from bullies, which were predominantly male. There were some females at school that were, like, really not great, but the the amount of boys that would bully me was shocking. Um, they were awful people. They really were. Um, so, yeah, I mean... I was constantly feeling suicidal. I used to cut my wrists. Um, and people could see. Pe people could see that I was cutting. What was being done? Nothing. Like, no one... Like, they could see and still nothing. And you know what? People are like... Um, people say, you know, you cut for attention. Or, or whatever. And... At that time, though, it was partly true, and I say partly because that's not the entire thing about cutting. But yes, I did want the attention. I wanted someone, I, I wanted someone to save me from the hell I was going through. I wanted someone to be like, okay, this girl has serious issues and she needs help, proper help, not just to to joke about it or not just to slack it off or whatever um but no I didn't receive that and the other part of cutting is not about attention but more about the feeling that you get when you do cut and I I'm in no way endorsing it because cutting is not not good um i'm not going to tell you it's like you know bad or that you're a bad person for doing it because i totally understand why you would do it um and that would make me a hypocrite if i was to say that because you're not a bad person because you cut even though people would like to think that but cutting isn't great i will say that because anything could happen, like, you could get infected, you know, anything you could, and if you cut too deep, then obviously we all know what happens then. So, for me, with cutting, even though I felt like I wanted to die, I didn't, I didn't cut deep enough because I was too scared. Um, that's the truth. Like, I wanted to die, but I felt too scared to, to cut that deep. Um, it was so hard because I wanted to die, but I couldn't, couldn't do it. But I would still cut because for me, cutting was a release. Um, being able to take um take on that pain to to be able to get some sort of okay just ha gonna have to okay to me in my view at that time and I still I still get it okay from a psychological point of view 
But in that time period, it felt like I was taking control of the pain that I received. So it was like I was receiving all this pain, emotional and physical, from, you know, um, my father, emotional from my mum, and then emotional and sometimes physical at school. And so all these people were hurting me. And I just wanted to be able to be the one if to take over control of my body. I wanted to be able to take control of my own body. I wanted to be able to feel feel something that I could do for myself. And that may sound strange to a lot of you. Um, and I can I can obviously understand why it would sound strange. It sounds strange to even say it, but I understand it. Um, but I I needed that release as well. Um, again, I just I feel like it's important for me to continue to say this. I don't support cutting. I don't endorse cutting. Um, but I do understand that it's it's a it's a huge problem um and in in a way that is an addiction in 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 some form and i just think you know more help needs to be done to try and you know get these get these kids to understand um because especially when you're that young your hormones are all over the place and I just wish that someone would have stepped in, um, you know, and this is not just kids stepping in. This is, you know, all the teachers, all the staff, all the people in the school, like they can't say they didn't see because I know they would have seen. You can't just miss something like that. <clears throat> and when I cut, I cut not just my wrists, my arms, my legs, you know, um, and what I used to do was, uh, after I, you know, um, cleaned it and disinfected it and stuff like that to try and make sure that it was, didn't get infected, I would try to, I would try to hide it. I would, um, I'd put like foundation or powder, um, over, over it to try and eliminate some of the signs of it so that when I was home at least you know hopefully my father wouldn't see it and he never raised the issue with me not that I can recall so I don't know maybe he did see I really don't know and to be honest I don't care so much if he did um because that's not that's not an issue um because let's be real like he you know, if he saw, he saw. Um, and that's just, yeah, you can't reason with with that with him. Like, you, yeah, it's just a non-issue non in that part. If my mother saw, she should have done something because she just should have. But I say that all the time anyway because she did see stuff. I know. Um... Anyway, <laughs> so yes, 
I used to try and hide it. And then there'd be some times where I'd go to school and I'd have a bandage over my my arm and I would say that, you know, um, that I fell or something and they sprained my wrist or whatever. And then I would have a friend who would say, no, you didn't. They knew that I was cutting. They didn't do anything. No one did anything. And you could, you could say, like, well, why didn't you speak up? Why didn't you speak out? I was the victim. I was too scared. And the fact is, if people saw that this was happening, they should have helped me. They should have, you know, spoken to someone to help me. But they didn't. And so, therefore, you can't blame the victim. You cannot just, you just can't. That's not right. And especially being that age, like, no. Anyway, um, so, yes, I used to cut um, among, you know, <clears throat> I never did drugs or anything like that um, because I just, it was bad enough for me being sane, let alone something happening and me being off my head. That would have just escalated it even more, I feel. Um, so yes. School was hell, both in primary and high, but, you know, in high school, obviously, it got worse for me. In primary, I wasn't cutting uh, or anything like that. Um, I, well, I don't, I don't think I was. I don't recall that. Um, that's part of my issue as well. The fact that, it's so hard because it's like, <clears throat> most of my childhood is forgotten. Most of my childhood is blamed out and there are certain situations that I remember, sure. But unlike, unlike others... I am unable to program that. I, I'm unable to see all of that stuff within my childhood. And that's because my brain cannot handle it. My brain cannot comprehend it because it was too traumatic for me to go back and relive it. And so my brain just shuts it out. Um, which is very common for people with PTSD. But uh, like that, I also get flashbacks, um, which are scary. Um, so yeah, um, <clears throat> it's it's a surreal feeling, I guess. Trying to um trying to relate everything to you guys but I want to do it because it's something I'm passionate about and hopefully it'll help other people um yeah so he made me feel afraid to go to anyone for help anyway um the police were in in my mind at that time um the police to me were bad and, and I wasn't to approach them because they were all 
bad people. Like, he made me feel and think that. And he said that if I ever did approach, you know, a police officer or anyone for that matter, that he would kill me. Yeah, he he threatened me um, a lot. Um, I used to run away. I, I used to run away from home when I was um, probably around 14, 15 maybe. Um, I ran away a few times and then I came back and then there was this one time, um, I think around 15, 16-ish, where I had a guy that I liked and he was in the army. He was significantly older than me and he, um, I thought he liked me. He appeared to. And so, when I ran away, I, I phoned him and asked him please to pick me up and go to his place. So he did. And I explained to him what happened and he, he said that I could stay with him. Now, I was like, okay, yeah, good, um, whatever. And then I remember going into his place um, and we were, we were, um, we were watching, he put Star Wars on and we were watching Star Wars and then he, we were kissing and, and, you know, he was being affectionate with me, which at that time was fine because I liked him and I wanted him to kiss me, but then it escalated and I got scared because because of my father, because of the abuse, and and th this guy, he was significantly older than me, and there was just so many things running through my mind, and he, he grabbed me, and he picked me up, and he carried me to the bedroom, um, and I was scared, I was so scared. He put me on the bed and he started to, you know, undress me and stuff. I kept saying, please, no. But he didn't listen and he was super strong. Um, and he just kind of like pinned me to the bed. Um, even though I kept telling him, you know, please don't do this. Um, he did. He did. And then when he finished, he got up. Um, and I got dressed, and then about five minutes later, he started talking to me about how, he said, please don't be upset, but I had sex with your friend, who at the time was my best friend, who I, you know, she was, she was meant to be like my sister. And it was like, suddenly it became this creepy, weird love triangle that I didn't want. 
but still it was and then I'm thinking I'm so confused obviously because he just told me this like five minutes after that just happened like he raped me and then he proceeded to tell me that he had sex with my friend and that she would give she would give him sex whereas I I didn't and so that's why he had sex with her because she was apparently because she was confident and she was she had self-esteem and I didn't and he was putting me down even though he was just trying to explain himself he was putting me down in the process of explaining himself so I felt like oh great well this just makes me yet another you know object and I was hormonal I was scared and you know I could see because in his house he had guns he had weapons that were visible that I could see and I didn't even I don't even know that that's actually allowed I don't know that they can actually take home like weapons like that and have them in their house um, and that you know that may be the case or that may not be the case I don't know but I was young and that scared the heck out of me and so I I just I couldn't take it and so I thought well I, I, I ran away to escape my father and just to escape everything at home and I thought I was going to a safe place and then I'm like great what the heck am I gonna do you know it's not like I can drive or anything so I told him please just let me out of the house um, but he tried to but like basically you know shut the door and stuff and then the phone rang and who should be on the other end but my so-called best friend at the time who was apparently calling around to people because my mother was she had no idea where I was basically and so he told my best friend that I was there and etc and that he would drive me home which he knew is the last place I wanted to go back to so as soon as he said that I took my opportunity and I opened the door I ran out and because of where he was living at the time there was like a, a bush area around and so I thought okay great I will run I'll run as fast as I can and hide basically until he's he's gone but he <clears throat> he was very fast he got off the phone and then and then he proceeded to get in his car and follow me like a madman and he found me eventually unfortunately and he dragged me strong strong very strong he grabbed me and put me in his truck and put the seatbelt on made sure that I couldn't get out of the truck and he proceeded to drive me home and then and then like yeah and I was I got out of the truck and I was at the bus stop which was right outside my house and he said I'm just gonna go and speak to your father and let him know what has happened and I was like what the hell are you like what on earth and so next thing he just like walked in in into 
into the yard and proceeded to go and talk to my father. And, like, he told my father, apparently, how he had sex with me. And apparently my father just, he didn't care, he laughed it off. Um, apparently. And then he just got in his truck and then he drove away. Like, nothing had happened. And that was devastating for me. Like, like, and then, of course, because I was, like, I sat out the, out there for, like, quite a while. It was starting to turn dark. And then my mother eventually came out and said, you know, get in the house, basically. And so I did, because where else was I going to go? I was getting bitten by mosquitoes, and I just, it was getting dark. And even though I, the house was the last place I wanted to be in, it was probably, in a weird way, safer than being outside. Just the the ironic sense of, of it all. But yes, still the same. So, I went in the house and it was like nothing had happened. It was like just nothing. And then, the next thing I know, um... My mum's, like, saying, do you want to go to your best friend's for a couple days? I don't even know why I said yes. I mean, I guess because I just wanted out. I needed to get out of the house. And so, and I thought, well, you know, she is, at the end of the day, she's like my, my sister, my bestie. And so when I, when I went over there, because obviously, like, they talked to, you know, her mum and stuff, and then I went over there and I explained what happened because they kept, you know, asking me what's happened, what's happened, and I told them about, you know, um, the guy at the time, and, like, she didn't believe me. She, she didn't believe that he had done that. Um, and so, because she didn't take my word for it, she decided she would call him up and ask him what he's, you know, what has happened, what's he done, basically. And then she eventually came into the house, um, and it seemed like she started to believe me. Seemed like she started to believe me. And then, like, the next day at school, um, we were, like, at, I think, some sort of, like, sporting carnival or something, and he just, like, appeared. Like, he, 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 I don't know how that even happened. But he appeared, and it made me think, oh, she's obviously called him or something. And he just, like, started, started talking to her. And he could see me, and, and it was like, it was like nothing had happened. It was like she she just was like joking around with him. It was like what on earth? You know, you're meant to be my family. You're meant to be my sister. You're meant to be my best friend. And suddenly you're just now talking to the person who has hurt me the most. Who you also had sex with. And you know I liked him to begin with. And it's like what the hell? Like I was so betrayed. But at the time I was like what can I do? I love her. She's my sister. And it's like, I was in this hell, this living hell. And like, he kept telling me, um, in front of her, might I add, to 
to, you know, not say anything because it's not true. And apparently another girl was trying to um, go to the police about him because she claimed the same thing. And he's he was, like, speaking about, no, please don't, don't, bloody, 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 you know. I mean, I wasn't even thinking of going to the police, but I did tell my best friend at the time what had happened. Um, it was just surreal. Like, I was like, what the hell is this hell I'm living? That is my life. Um, and so it was just, it was crazy. It, it, it's, it was almost like a blur, but not. It was like, it really was like a living hell. Um, someone that I love deeply betrayed me. And I've already been betrayed. It's like, I couldn't trust anyone, you know. I tried to just let it go. I tried to just move on and, and try to forget it like nothing had happened so I could try and preserve the friendship. And I don't even know why. I mean, that was so wrong what she had done. So wrong what he had done. Um, I don't know where they got off thinking that that was okay. But they started to have a relationship that I can remember and it was like how can you be with him when he did that to me and he hurt me in such a way but she's like you know in love with him and it's like you know it's kind of in a way it's like my mother in love with my father an abuser you know and even though I can see the psychological she knew like what I was going through and so did my mum and that is a deep betrayal. And so I felt like, you know, who can I turn to now? It was just like, you know, it was hard. Because I, I still considered her to be my sister and my family. But then she had done that. And it was like the unspeakable. And it was just so hard on me. Having to, having to deal with everything all at once. And so eventually I went back home and it returned to how it had always been. With my father being abusive, with my mother being neglectful, not being a mum, being emotionally uh, manipulative and abusive in her own ways. She would put me down, she would not take notice of me, she would not protect me, she she just didn't care, it was like, she, it was just like she just did not care, she just couldn't, and that was sick, there was also one day, and I really hate, like, I don't hate to bring it up, but I hate the, um, the implications or the the thought behind it but I feel like it's deeply relevant at the same time my brother who was also abused um when I was young um he we were alone we were watching some movie or something and my mum and my dad were sleeping or I guess they were sleeping they said they were well I know they were doing other stuff but yeah, they were in, in their room, basically, in bed. Um, and so, it was quiet and everything. And me and my brother were just, we were on the couch. We were just sitting there watching a movie, and, you know, totally innocent. 
And then next thing I know, he's touching me. He's touching me down there, and I, I was, I was shocked. I didn't know why he was doing that. I got scared, you know. Obviously, because of my dad, I got freaked out. I was like, "Why is he doing this to me?" And then he said, "You know, please, please don't, don't go to, please, you know, I don't want to get in trouble, kind of thing." But I was scared. I don't even know why I went to my father, but I was so scared, and I I went to to their room. I was scared to go in their room because I didn't know what, what whether they were awake or asleep. So I peered around like like slowly, trying to not burn my eyes out of my skull in case they were, you know. But they were actually sleeping. And I went around to my mum's side. I wasn't going to wake my father. I went around to my mum's side and I said, please, I need to talk to you. It's important. And so she got up and then my father, I'm pretty sure he got up as well. And I was speaking to my mum about what happened. And then the next thing, it was like dinner time. And we were sat at the table. And we weren't allowed to leave the table until one of us started telling the truth in my father's words. So we were sitting there. It was deathly quiet. And we were sitting there. Um, we ended up, I, you know, we ended up sitting there till, I believe, midnight. And bear in mind, we're young and I needed to go to school the next day. And so, because he wasn't saying anything and we weren't allowed to leave the table, and I know my father meant it, I, unfortunately for me, I said that I made it up. I said that it didn't happen. Um, and then we were able to go. And I went into my room, started crying. Um, my mum eventually came into my room and started talking to me. Um, and saying like, you know, uh, how could you, how could you do that? Blah, 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 blah. And then I said, mum, um, I said, it is true. I told her, I said, it is actually true, but I, you know, I wanted to, I wanted to go to sleep. And because I had said, you know, that it, that it, it didn't happen at the table because I had said that, they, they just took that and ran with it. They, they didn't believe me anymore. Like, it was like I had just become this pariah. Um, that no one believed. Although I don't know if they actually put much belief in me to begin with, but whatever the, whatever belief they did have was just completely gone at that point. Um, because, yes, cried myself to sleep. Eventually I got to sleep. Um, and that was, that was that, you know? Um... For a long time, I I was angry with my brother, um, which I hate the fact that I was. But I I eventually understood why he did that, and when he passed away, I understood even more why he did it. 
because of my father because that was what he had gone through what he had suffered and so he obviously had done that because he was trying to explore in his own way even though that's sick it was you know I can understand that psychologically I can understand that and it's so painful for me to actually talk about that to be honest with you because I don't want him to appear a bad way because he's not like um at all but I feel that by doing so I can try to explain why people would do that why kids would do that you know people who have been abused they 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 can do things that may make you wonder about them you know like um gee I mean so many ways for a person who is abused to turn out um ultimately I feel that he became a good person but I mean he was already a good person but unfortunately because of what happened I had like I was scared of him almost because I equated that to what I was getting from my father and so you know I don't know if he ever understood that which is hard for me to say because you know I loved him I still do um, and it's so hard to it's so hard to kind of like say that you know like um because I do love him and then because of all the abuse and crap that we um, had gone through I never in the end knew if he loved me back and um, that's hard you know it's hard to have to live with that um, with that kind of sadness you know never never going to know never going to try and understand never gonna you know get him to you know understand never going to have a second chance and I blame my father completely and utterly for that the blame is not on me the blame is not on my brother the blame is on my father completely my father and some of it my mother um, okay, so this is part two, there will be other parts coming, um, but yes, I want to keep them a certain length of time, um, so, yeah. Okay, thank you for listening, um, I hope you like my recording, um, and following my journey, um, my past and my present, etc. Okay, bye you guys. Take care.